0: please visit SoundsTrueFoundation.org. You're listening to Insights at the Edge. Today is a special episode with Eckhart Tolle. As I imagine many of you know, Eckhart Tolle is a world-renowned spiritual teacher, who has written two of the most influential spiritual books of our time, The Power of Now and A New Earth. Which sounds true, Eckhart Tolle has created a new online course on Conscious Manifestation. As you'll hear in this session to come, Eckhart felt it was time that he taught on this topic, that his work on Presence finds its way into the realm of doing. What you'll also notice is that the way Eckhart talks about conscious manifestation, it's quite different than the way many people approach the topic. And that's what you'll learn in this special edition of Insights at the Edge. This new course with Eckhart Tolle on conscious manifestation begins on October 14th, 2019, at soundstrue.com, and if you want to know more, come visit us at soundstrue.com. And now, here's Eckhart Tolle "Unconscious Manifestation.
1: Eckhart, welcome! Thank you. Welcome, everybody. Um, let's uh, begin by acknowledging the utmost importance of the present moment, that's the foundation for everything. If you habitually have a bad relationship with the present moment, you want to get away from it, habitually, unconsciously, probably compulsively because it's become a mind pattern, then you need to recognize that so that you can access the power of the present moment, the power of presence. Your presence, the presence, your presence is one with the presence, which is the presence of consciousness. So the foundation is to realize that so that you don't unconsciously and compulsively and continuously look to the future for fulfillment but rather discover that the deepest fulfillment uh, happens when you go deeply when you take your attention deeply into the present moment and that's to discover the, the power of the present moment within you is the foundation for everything else. If you want to manifest something in this world, to manifest a vision that you have, something you want to achieve or do, whatever you manifest, even if you are successful, it won't make you happy for long unless you access the power of the present moment, so that's the foundation. So let's acknowledge that right now by, it sounds a little strange, but that's how it is, by becoming conscious of the present moment. So the present moment is what we perceive with our senses and the present moment, the deeper aspect of it is your consciousness. So if you can become aware of the simple fact, strange as it may sound, that you are conscious right now. There is a sense of beingness or presence, underlying sense perceptions, that which makes sense perceptions possible, that which makes thinking possible. That's the deeper aspect of the present moment The other aspect of the present moment is sense perception. So you you acknowledge this moment, the the inner and the seemingly outer aspects of this moment. And that's a very calming and pleasant thing to do. And then we can start as we will now to explore how to manifest things in the so-called future, which exists as a practical thing, yes, but never actually arrives because it only can be experienced as the present moment. So let's start perhaps by asking the first question. Do you have one, Tammy? I do. Very good. Thank you,
0: Eckhart. To begin... One of the biggest questions people have when they hear about conscious manifestation is how do we create from what you call presence and not from our egoic self? And how do we know the difference in our own experience when we're interested in manifesting something? Is this coming from presence or the ego?
1: Yes, that's a good question. It's not always easy to tell the difference because self-knowledge is one of the most difficult uh, things to master in this world. It's so easy to deceive oneself. So when you're motivated by ego, so you want to create something to whatever it may be, to build something in the world, uh, whether it's a structure, a business, uh, some artistic creation, a book, uh, or some other structure that perhaps you think might benefit the world or perhaps in your eyes, more importantly, might benefit you with where the ego comes in so that you begin to look for uh, mm-hmm. that particular endeavor that you become engaged in uh, mm-hmm. consciously or unconsciously. You look to it as a way of, enhancing your sense of self or finding some kind of ultimate fulfillment once you achieve what you want to achieve, then in your eyes you will become more fully yourself or become important in the eyes of the world, recognized, become liberated from an underlying sense of lack or insufficiency that is always... uh, a companion of the egoic consciousness is always an underlying sense of lack or insufficiency, of not enough. And so you look to something to become free of that and get a sense of deep satisfaction. Uh, And that those things are, then uh, motivated by ego and you may not know it but it might look like you have a very good intention the mind can the egoic mind can very easily uh, deceive itself it's very good at that so it says oh i'm doing that because i'm a very selfless person and all i want is the best for humanity and uh, How do you know that you're not lying to yourself? How do you know that the ego is not lying to yourself? Well, once you start becoming active in whatever it is that you want to create, uh, observe yourself and see what your state of consciousness is at any given time. If you find that frequently stress arises, the moment you encounter an obstacle, everybody who is engaged in uh, creating anything new, whether you want to write a book or or paint a painting or learn a skill, dance or whatever it may be, or create a business or open a restaurant, it doesn't matter what it is, you will find, you will encounter obstacles on your path. And If you find that very quickly, when you encounter obstacles, you become frustrated and stressed or angry and irritated, that's a good sign that uh, there's the ego being frustrated and reacting to the obstacle. If, however, you encounter an obstacle and you're able to not react negatively but look at the obstacle, face it, and immediately become alert and still. And so you connect with the, that which is beyond ego, the unconditioned consciousness, which is the alertness, which is the stillness. And then you can, you deal with the obstacle. In other words, the obstacle in whatever way it manifests is not regarded as an enemy. Uh, the ego loves enemies and is very quick to find new enemies. So the ego will treat every every hindrance, every obstacle that arises as a, almost either an animal or a personal insult or people or the universe are out to sabotage what I want to do. That's obviously the ego's reaction. So as you're engaged in your... In the doing in your activity, just observe how you deal with obstacles that inevitably arise, and that can tell you a lot about whether the ego is there or some a deeper purpose uh, is being activated through you that transcends the ego. Um, That's one way. Another way is are you able, are you able is there an enjoyment in what you do or are you so focused on the desired outcome that all the doing that you're engaged in in order to arrive at the desired outcome is regarded as just a means to an end? And if the ego is there a lot of the time you're not even enjoying your activity. You are doing it in a state of stress very often because you want to arrive at at this future point that promises fulfillment one way or another. So the lack of enjoyment in what you do is a good sign that the ego is operating through you. Or it can also take over something that initially was free of ego. So it's not always the question of, it's either ego or something deeper that is uh, motivating me. It could be that your initial motivation might be, uh, come from a deeper level. I want to create, let's say, I want to create a healing center or, or for humans or for animals. And so, because I would truly want to help Humans or animals, okay, that comes from a, a deeper level. And as you become active in the doing, uh, it does not mean that you necessarily remain free of egoic contamination. But by the, the original, the original pure intention, as you cast out operating and acting, can if you're not aware enough, if you're not conscious, not present enough, the ego can come in and contaminate what you do. And then, again, you before long, you encounter negativity and stress and you're fighting with people. You, you have enemies. And uh, so the ego can, it's important to realize that, the ego can contaminate something that perhaps originally was relatively or completely free of ego. Uh, And this is not uncommon. Um, I have observed in many cases, uh, people in places like churches, spiritual centers, healing centers, places where people are supposed to heal hospitals. Um, there's an enormous amount of uh, infighting that that people are getting extremely stressful. You go to a meeting of of a, the, It's not uncommon here. You have a healing center, or a spiritual center, and then the the leading people they uh, they come together in a meeting. And everybody's extremely stressed. And they very easily can lose their original purpose. And so the ego has come back in because they were not able to hold the frequency that that transcends ego, the frequency of presence. So you have to be careful. Even if your initial intention was egoless and good, it is possible that the ego can creep back in. Or, of course, the original intention might already have been ego. So observe yourself as you are engaged in your whatever your activity is and see uh, how you deal with, with obstacles and, and other human beings. How do you, how you treat others. You have a goal, but what is the quality of your doing in the present moment that you can tell you? where the motivation, where the energy comes from, whether it's egoic or where it comes from a deeper, non-egoic level. How do you interact with others who are cooperating with you or who you need to uh, help you with this or that or you? they become part of your business transactions or whatever you do, clients or whatever, how, what? How is your relationship with those human beings? And again, if you find antagonism arising frequently, hostility, anger, reactivity, uh, then a clear sign: okay, there's the ego at work. And whenever you discover the ego in yourself, it doesn't mean you uh, you have failed the moment you become aware that the ego is active in you, you've actually uh, achieved a moment of, a brief moment of transcendence of the ego, because to become aware of your ego in you, that means there's enough awareness that has arisen so that you can observe yourself. And so in that moment, you're no longer in the grip of the ego. So the more ego you discover in yourself in the moment, sometimes not in the moment, sometimes you discover afterwards, after an interaction with someone, <coughs> you suddenly realize, oh, th- that was all ego. There was, that, there was antagonism. There was making the other wrong. Uh, there was blaming. All the egoic strategies, these things were at work, and you might not have realized in the moment that these things were at work, perhaps afterwards you go home and suddenly you you think back of what just happened, and then you realise, oh, that was the ego. Okay, that's better than not realising it all. It at all. It would have been even better if you had realised in the moment of the ego uh, showing itself and taking over if you had realized in the moment, that would have been, that, and that's quite possible for people who practice presence that increasingly, as the ego operates and you recognize it, and you recognize it and you realize the ego is not your strength. The ego likes to pretend that it is, that it is that which makes you strong. But the ego is that which, that that prevents you from accessing the the creative power of the universe that's actually within you. So the, the real power is there, and the pseudo power is not. Is the is the is the borrowed power of the ego? It's a bit like reflected sunlight. The moon reflects the sunlight; it has no light of its own, and so the, the ego what well, the ego the ego's power is a reflection of the, the the true power that is beyond ego so it's a secondary power it's a uh, and it is not power it's there's another word that i would prefer to use because it's more uh apt it's force the ego is force and then there's the power is that which transcends the ego is a silent, very powerful energy emanation. Uh, Another interesting thing is when you are uh, not coming from ego, it it is uh, possible, if not likely, that as you, you start acting, yes, you do whatever, one step after another, you're conscious of every step and you may find that suddenly at some point in your endeavor uh, you you access an energy flow and everything you do becomes so empowered that you yourself are astonished and people around you may be astonished because there's this enormous power that flows through you. And this is how the greatest creations have happened, how people like the great composers, Beethoven, Mozart, how they could compose the unbelievable works of art. They said, How can a human uh, produce something? And the answer is, well, it wasn't quite the human that produced it, something they accessed, a very, uh, uh, an enormous energy stream that came from the the source of all life which which is within you which is one with the source of the universe and so it, it suddenly also what can happen is synchronistic events suddenly happen so suddenly helpful things that uh, suddenly appear in the form of people or situations not that, as you, I just earlier mentioned obstacles. Anybody who creates something new will, yes, will encounter obstacles. But as the energy builds up, you will encounter also the opposite of obstacles, and that may be more encounter that more frequently after a while than the obstacles. and That is helpful circumstances suddenly appearing seemingly out of nowhere. So these are often in the form of synchronistic events, just at the right moment, the right thing is there, encounter it. And so uh, I mentioned also um, in the New Earth, the book, uh, that uh, when you are in a period of uh, intense creativity, then the energy that you encounter is, we could call that enthusiasm. You're filled with enthusiasm, which is a high-frequency energy. Um, I experienced that when I was writing the books, the Power of Now, New Earth Still Speaks. The um, there's an enormous intensity of energy that goes. So you're in this high alertness, and you can feel that you are just something else, something is happening through you, and that's wonderful when you encounter that, when it happens. Um, To an external observer, this might look almost as you were in a state of stress because there's such high energy, but there's no stress in it whatsoever. There's a big, huge difference between stressful doing and empowered doing. A huge, huge difference. And empowered doing is essentially in, enjoyable. You're in a state of enthusiasm, which the origin of that word is in God. Uh, you are so you're connected with the. One could say that if you're comfortable with that term, the divine in you, and the divine in you, the greater intelligence operates through you. You are in God, connected to the divine. And so to, to summarize, or put in the most simple terms, enjoyment of what you're doing Could be, if you just want to to put in a nutshell what I've just been talking about, enjoyment, what you're doing is a sign that the ego is not operating because the ego, yes, it can enjoy it for brief times. But whenever something happens, it's not enjoying itself anymore. So continuous enjoyment of what you do is a sign that you're not motivated by the ego uh, and lack of antagonism, hostility, and stress, and great empowerment. So it's a wonderful adventure to be engaged in this. Uh, at, any, at any given moment, the, the question is, what is my state of consciousness right now? That's a fundamental question that you need to ask yourself, and then you need to be alert and be honest. And, know, and then you know whether you're in the grip of ego or not. I could go on talking about this another two or three hours, but I won't. Let's stop here.
0: <laughs> Thank you, Eckhart. We now have some community members who have questions for you. And to begin, I'd love to invite Kylie to join us and ask you her question. Kylie, Welcome.
2: So my question for you today, I've heard you speak about this process of conscious manifestation before as well as right now, and I've heard you say things about positive thinking, thinking positively, and I'm really curious how you suggest that people focus on what's positive without sort of bypassing the negative or spiritually bypassing.
1: Yes, good question.
2: Thank you. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, I don't. Um, when you uh, when you m- want to manifest something, sometimes uh, w- w- one one aspect of manifesting something uh, is. Mm, uh, Verbalizing certain statements to say certain things. Of, I don't want to go in in too much detail, but um, there's. You may remember in the New Testament, Jesus says, when when you have faith, even even as. as um, as small as a mustard seed, you could tell if if you had that much faith. All the you could tell a mountain move from here to there, and it would move. Mm. That's in that Jesus said. Yeah. Uh, now, <coughs> there's a story. I don't know if you've heard it. It's a kind of teaching story. Whether this person actually existed or not, I don't know. There was a woman who read this in the Bible, and she had a she had in front of her living room window, there was a, a little hill that, that blocked her view uh, because beyond the hill there was a beautiful landscape. So she read this in the Bible and said, Oh, I know what I'm going to do. If I can move, Jesus says we can move mountains or then I should surely be able to move that little hill. So, so in the evenings, this hill will be going away in the morning and it won't be there anymore. And, uh, and I will have a great view. And so she went to sleep in the morning. She woke up and opened the curtains and the hill was still there. And then she said, oh, I knew it wasn't going to work. <laughs> so there were, there were the words that she uttered that this was going to happen. But deep down, uh, there was a disbelief it wasn't going to happen. So when she saw that the hill had not moved, she said, I knew it was not going to happen. So <laughs> she was not able to manifest because of the clash between the positive statement and a deep, the deep-seated belief that she wasn't perhaps aware of at the time. So the deep-seated belief, for example, for people who want to manifest can be i am not worthy of this i don't deserve it it's and people have that sometimes it's a feeling of guilt This is in their unconscious they may be partly conscious of it but not completely and so uh, this can often uh, conflict with certain things that you want to to manifest and you use positive thinking and uh, you are continuously the the, the, the more deep seated patterns in your mental emotional field may completely contradict what you are saying in your mind. So, uh, I feel happy, can say, I feel so happy, happy. Uh, and it could have, it could do something to your inner energy field, but it could also be that, uh, Inside, you haven't felt happy since your childhood. You might not even know what that means to feel happy. And so the words are not effective because they clash with something, some deep conditioning inside you. And so the words themselves, whatever it is they are, can be very helpful. But the, what really, um, The power behind manifestation is not the words. The power behind manifestation that is within you is what is, to use a Christian term that Jesus used, and I have to explain what that means, faith. Faith is the power behind creativity. Faith is not a thought. Faith is also not to be confused with belief. In some languages, uh, such as German, for example, uh, unfortunately, they don't have two words. The word belief and faith, same word. But they're different things. To believe, for example, is you believe in something that somebody tells you. Belief is a story that you, you say, yes, I believe it. You don't know it, it implies that you don't really know but you believe, I believe that uh, I'm going to, uh, I believe that I'm going to get this lovely house that I want, I believe that, but these are just thoughts in your mind. It's not, uh, and thoughts themselves, they're a bit, bit more like the steering wheel of a car but it's not the engine of the car. The steering wheel is important because it can tell you where the car is going. It, it determines where the car is going. But the power comes from the, the engine, and faith is accessing in yourself the power of presence, which is the power of life itself. Faith is not, is not belief. It's In a way, it's the opposite one could also, of belief because belief is always there When you don't really know, I I wouldn't say, for example, I wouldn't say, I believe that this glass is here. I know it's here. Uh, So when you know something, you no longer believe it. Faith is something that is a realization of, of your innermost power, which is not just yours, or they call it yours. And you can only access that in the present moment. So the very foundation for creating, for manifesting, before you even think about manifesting, is you have to find this, we could call that the vertical dimension of life. It was the, uh, there's the cross, which is the ancient symbol, which even got predates christianity but it's in christianity the cross is the symbol of the the horizontal dimension of life past future doing memory anticipation all that where life unfolds in the horizontal dimension and then there is the intersection of the vertical and the horizontal and that's the cross and For a human being to to live uh, the purpose of their life is to not only be engaged in the horizontal dimension of life, which is where creating things comes in and doing things and manifesting things, but to access the vertical dimension. And only when you access the vertical dimension, then what you do on the horizontal dimension becomes much more empowered meaningful, and enjoyable. So, to access the very foundation for all this is to realize the presence in you here and now. Before you even think about manifesting, find the face. Face is the power of presence in you. And that is, you don't need future for that and past doesn't help you but here and now become so alert here and now that your conceptual thinking mind stops for a moment and so you encounter a gap in the stream of thinking and then you discover strangely that as you encounter right here and now a brief gap In the stream of thinking, you realize you are still there. But what you call you is not your historical self anymore. Because in this gap of not thinking, you obviously don't remember anything. Nor are you thinking about the future. So if you're not thinking at all, and yet there's a deep sense of, of beingness, of presence, of I am. And that is the beginning of finding this power within you of consciousness itself, the unconditioned consciousness. That's where you. That's you the vertical dimension opens up. So you lose, for the, to practice it, the horizontal doesn't matter of this moment, but vertical. Go, go deep within, be alert, present, and see what's left of you. What's left of you is when the memories are not there, the, the future isn't there, and the past isn't there. Is this one can only describe it as a sense of I am or being to be. You are. I am is the first person singular of the verb to be, so it's the same thing. I am, <laughs> I am, and that is the the I am of the I call it sometimes the deep eye, your deep eye. Not this eye, but this, the eye that you only say, I. This is a deep eye. It's not your historical eye. And then, yes, you still have your historical eye. When you say your historical eye, that refers to who you are as a person. Okay. But when when you access it, and that's what we could call the surface eye. That you have the deep eye, which is who you are, that in you that transcends the person. All spiritual traditions point to this. Buddhism, it's in some Buddhist traditions called Buddha nature. Buddha talked about emptiness, which is a bad translation for what should be the as spaciousness. The spaciousness that is there when you are the You're not thinking, but what's left is awareness, space of awareness. Jesus talked about the kingdom of heaven. Heaven is spaciousness, in my translation. The vast spaciousness of the sky is not a thing. The sky is not a thing. It's just spaciousness, just like consciousness. The kingdom of heaven is the dimension, in my translation, of spaciousness, which is within you. Where is the kingdom of heaven, they ask? The kingdom of heaven is not, Jesus said, kingdom of heaven is not over there or over there. You cannot observe it. What is it that, what is the thing? one thing on, that you cannot observe? The, he said, you cannot observe the kingdom of heaven. It does not come with signs to be perceived. The very deep statement, what in this world, you cannot say it's there. The only thing that makes all perception and thinking possible, which is consciousness itself. Consciousness cannot become an object to itself. Consciousness is the eternal subject. So you can never say, oh, there is consciousness, because the thing that says it is the consciousness. (laughs) This is why scientists haven't found consciousness, because scientists are looking outside. They're looking. No microscope or anything will ever find consciousness. Because the thing that's looking through the microscope is consciousness. (laughs) So consciousness can only be found by uh, taking your attention away from the external world for a moment and direct it within and become aware of that attention itself, self-awareness. So there's a term in India, self-realization is used in some Indian teachings. And this is knowing who you are on the essential level as consciousness. When you know that, then there's enormous satisfaction in knowing yourself. It's, oh, you finally, you're liberated from your limited personality, which is still there, but you found something deeper, and that's the power. Then you, to connect it with manifestation, when you want to create something in this world, you become aware of this power, which means self-aware. That you become aware that you're aware, right? Mm. And then, if you this power of awareness, then you have a thought, for example, uh, I want, uh, I don't know what you want, but... Uh, I don't want anything at the moment. I can't think of anything. Uh, <laughs> I, let's, I want to want to be a nicer place to live. That was some people, many people want. Why not? And I, I, a nice a nice house, just it's not quiet and nature around it. So you, you take that image. How would you feel if you were in that nice house? You would feel no different from the way you feel now because you already have accessed the essence of who you are, which is the foundation for the feeling of satisfaction, of mm-hmm. peace, of aliveness. Mm-hmm. You would feel no different if you had whether you're sitting in a in your trailer or you're sitting in your nice house. You'll be sitting somewhere, but the feeling will be the same. So when you want a nice house. And then you bring merge it with the feeling of presence of beingness. Okay. Then the high, you're already in it. Uh, it's no longer you're not projecting as something that you want that finally will give you happiness or satisfaction. Okay. This is why Jesus said, "When you pray, for, when you want something and you pray for it, believe that you already have it, and it will be given to you." Believe that you already have it. Feel—it's better to translate. Feel that you already have it. So uh, that—that's the power behind all manifestation: is to feel that feeling of it's, it's never true. It just comes from a feeling of lack or insufficiency, which is egoic. The ego always feels something missing. Something missing. Ultimately, what what's missing is yourself. Ultimately, what people are looking for is for themselves. They might want to a better car, a better house, or recognition in the world. But they're really they're looking for a better version of themselves. Okay. And of course, on the horizontal level, you can improve yourself. You can add knowledge, you can add possessions, you can add skills to yourself on the horizontal level of life. The person can grow, but none of this will give you ultimate satisfaction. You will continue to look for this perfect version of yourself and you will always feel except for brief moments of you but you just obtain something you always feel there's something missing something still missing because you haven't accessed the vertical so the the image of what you want to achieve you merge with the the, the sense the deep sense of presence mm. then all manifestation is a is a lovely game or play something that you play in the world of form creation is like a play in the world of form the in in india they have a word for it is leela, which is the divine play god enjoys creating countless forms of life uh, and so you can participate in this and enjoy creating without looking to the what you want to create to for some kind of self-satisfaction in what is, that is no longer there. So your question was about thought, and you need to get that to, to the deeper dimension within yourself first. Mm-hmm. Then thought is no longer conflicts with certain things that may be in your conditioned energy field. Um, mm-hmm. I've been yeah. talking for too long, but these are very... deep subjects, Mm and one could go on for a long time, but really, um, I believe that's enough for now.
2: Mm, Thank you. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you. Mm.
0: And thank you, Kylie, for being part of this webinar on Conscious Manifestation. Eckhart, we have one more community member who wants to ask you a question, Paul. Before we go to Paul, just very briefly, what has been your own inspiration to create a course on conscious manifestation? Why did you feel called or inspired to do this, to teach on this particular material now?
1: Well, often over the years, people have asked me these questions because it it concerns many people because uh, purpose comes in here. Uh, the, the people want, want, they need some kind of purpose in this world, and it is very important to have purpose in this world. And so, how does that connect with spiritual awakening? How does, so, so people keep asking me questions about how do, how do I create a better life? How do, how do I manifest my life purpose? And and of course, the life purpose is, in part, what what you do on the horizontal dimension. It's important too. What you do in the horizontal dimension is whatever activity you're engaged in, whatever goal you have on the horizontal dimension, whether it's past and future, uh, becomes your purpose. And then there is that. That is not enough, though. So what I'm In some teachings of manifestation, uh, they focus almost exclusively on the horizontal dimension. They won't call it that, perhaps because the teachers perhaps are not familiar with the vertical dimension of life. Uh, So there's the horizontal dimension. And so those teachings seem to imply that you will be happy when you get what you want, you will be happy but that's a fallacy, so and that's a limitation, not of all, but of some things about manifestation. The, they're not complete, and the fallacy is that by implication, they are saying, when you get what you want, that will make you happy. And then people find, even if it works, when they get what they want, they're happy for a little while, and then they're not happy anymore. So everybody eventually finds, if they only operate on the horizontal dimension, they get what they want, and it doesn't ultimately satisfy them. And Causing in Miracle says that. It says, whenever the ego has been active in you, you can always recognize it uh, after you've done something, received something, it hasn't satisfied you, then you know it was ego. So I needed to show the connection also between one's outer doing and one's spiritual realization, and kind of bring the two together. Um, how much you want to do on the horizontal level depends on where you are at in your in your life, even partly depends on your age. If you're you 90 years old, you may not have so many purposes anymore in the horizontal dimension to achieve. Uh, then the vertical becomes more important. Also, there are life periods, there are periods in one's life when the vertical dimension of being becomes more important than the horizontal for a while, and then perhaps the horizontal becomes important again. Being and doing are, are, are the two words that we could use to describe the horizontal and the vertical. The vertical is being; the horizontal is doing. The secrets of life, the mastery of life, is to find have them both in your life. Um, it's the the dance between being and doing, not as separate things, but acting together, being and doing as one. Long story, but anyway, let's leave it at that.
0: Wonderful. All right, let's now have Paul join us. Paul, welcome.
2: Uh, your book, A New Earth, facilitated my awakening uh, over a decade ago. So, just.
1: Oh great, right. thank, thank you. you. So My
2: question is when inspiration strikes to manifest something that not comes from ego But is whispered to us. Let's say from the universe Where is where is this actually coming from? Is it our guides speaking to us? Is it perhaps the mind of God? Is it maybe an echo of Contracts that we created before incarnation. Those are a couple of fun ideas but in in summary where where do these higher plane insights come from? Um, these ideas are, where are these ideas sourced from? And how does an inspired idea for manifestation find us personally? So an example would be a book
1: or a company, for example. Right, right. Okay. Interesting question. Uh I noticed when you are talking about an uh, inspired idea your eyes went upward you looked up because that's kind of what humans often do instinctively they say well it's the higher is imagined as being up there but of course we are talking here about uh, <coughs> Not anything that exists in our uh, dimension. We're talking about uh, consciousness. Consciousness uh, is ultimately all there is in this world. And so, thinking, conceptual thinking, is an aspect of. Consciousness, the activity of consciousness, a small aspect of consciousness. Everything is consciousness. I would even go so far as to say, or it might be difficult to accept for some people, um, what we call energy, which is everything, even what looks like solid matter is energy, as we know from physics. And energy exists, one could say, in different vibrational frequencies, just in the same way that water can exist as solid, can exist as liquid, can exist as vapor, in the same way consciousness can exist in different frequencies. So the the material would be a lower frequency of consciousness, uh, but it's still consciousness. Uh, then there's plant life, different frequency. There's animal life of which we are a part, but we are. There's another dimension. It comes in in humans, which is also c- consciousness. So whatever it comes, then anything th- that inspires you comes from consciousness. Either perhaps you've access to it directly, or you've access to it through. You mentioned guides or something like that. Some people feel that they have guides in the unseen. Uh, but who inspires the guides? What, where does their consciousness? Uh, and, or maybe the guides have guides, too, higher, for higher order. But who inspires the higher order guides? Let's say you have an angel as a guide, and the angel's boss is the archangel. So, but who inspires the arcane? Consciousness. The essence, uh, Now, an almost impossible question to ask is, what is consciousness? Uh, Because you, you cannot really make consciousness into an object because consciousness is the eternal subject that makes all, everything possible. You can't make it into an object. Now, although, it's almost impossible to answer that question what's consciousness i will answer it very briefly but bearing in mind that what i'm saying is not it it's an, it's a distant approximation of what it is so it's more like a parable or an analogy or rather an analogy a consciousness you could compare like to sunlight the sun emanates light and energy, energy that in certain frequency is light for us. So the sun emanates continuously for millions of years, eternally almost, one could say, relative to the short lifespan of humans. The sun emanates continuously, and the light or the energy that the sun emanates uh, is still connected to the sun and yet it's not quite the sun. Uh, in the same way that the sun emanates light, the source of all life, which we could call God if the term had not been misused for so long and lead to misperceptions. The source of all life that is unspeakable, we cannot say anything about it, would be an absurd limitation. To say anything about it, it transcends anything that can be known, spoken about. Certainly, as the Tao Te Ching says at the beginning, the Tao that can be spoken of is not the true Tao. <laughs> and yet, I'm going to speak about it. So, the <laughs> it's not the truth. It's not it. So, the in the same way that the sun em- emanates light, energy, the source of all life, which is transcendent which means it does not exist in space and time it does not exist in this dimension there isn't a galaxy where god lives but there is so this sort transcends space and time but it so to speak it emanates consciousness into this dimension like the, the light emanates from the sun so and and in this dimension there's time Things happen gradually. The universe is involved in the process of evolution. This planet has become increasingly, the life forms on this planet have become increasingly over millions of years, increasingly more complex, increasingly manifesting more consciousness, different aspects of consciousness, all these life forms on this planet. So there's an evolutionary process at work in the universe we are a part of that evolutionary process, which is the the universe consciousness. Ultimately, we could say the universe is in the process of becoming more conscious. I cannot explain. It would be absurd to even attempt to say why. but It's happening. I, I know this. You can, You can know many, many things about the universe, if you find out things about yourself, because you are a microcosm of the macrocosm. So when I say things about the universe, people might say, how do you know that you haven't? I know that because I am the universe, and so are you. So the the universe is in the process of becoming conscious, more conscious of awakening. We're in an awakening universe. How do I know that? Because I know that humans are beginning to awaken to who they are, to consciousness itself. So it is that which operates when something comes to you and the particular form that it takes, the intuition or the energy that comes through you, uh, the this unconditioned intelligence as opposed to the conditioned intelligence is your personal intelligence, the things that, your mind is capable of the the knowledge of your mind, the way in which your mind operates, personal intelligence. Uh, the universe will then come through, and it will come. it It will use in the in the world of form the uh, something that uh, is the most adequate thing that you have developed as a person. So, an example. For for the inspiration to flow through me, I am not going to inspire be inspired to to come up with uh, the the thing that Einstein looked for without success through the end of his life. I think we heard the unified field theory. He had already been deeply inspired to find the theory of relativity, an enormous (laughs) insight that came to him, all the great things, like all the great people, it comes to you. Yes, you have, have to do a lot of thinking first, but then the decisive thing comes from a deeper level of the unconditioned consciousness. Now, my mind has not been trained in the realm of physics, so I'm not going to have any great insights in the realm of physics. The theory of relativity could not have come through me, nor could the ninth symphony of Beethoven have come through me because I have not been this form of this person, That the form that consciousness has taken, is, is, is not prepared for it. I, I haven't spent years uh, dedicating my life to music. So the, that ability isn't there. I'm not, the, the consciousness not suddenly going to come through me and produce, a, I'm, I, I, I'm not going to compose a great work of music. It's not going to happen. Uh, nor is the consciousness coming through me and suddenly make me perform the most wonderful dance, an inspired dance, because my body has not been trained to dance. It have not spent years perfecting the, the, the ability to dance, and then, uh, so, b- however, the consciousness comes through me because I've, m- my mind is good uh, uh, at writing. It has, I have read hundreds or thousands of books. I've read literature, I have philosophy. My mind has been prepared as an instrument for something deeper to use it. So it can use it for spiritual teaching. <laughs> it can use it for writing. But I'm no good for, for much else. Uh, I'm not ready. So this is where it comes in whatever uh, your particular field is. It is likely that it is there where your inspiration, your power will flow through and empower that. Whatever that may be. Ah. <laughs> yes, thank you. Thanks.
0: Thank you, Paul. Eckhart, there's a so much on this topic of conscious yes. manifestation. As a final question here, I think a lot of times when people hear the phrase conscious manifestation, they think of things they want. You mentioned a nicer house or, you know, I want a better this or that. How do you think we can use the principles and practices of conscious manifestation to be of service to others, to actually give our gifts to the collective? What do you think is critical to understand about that, being of service and conscious manifestation?
1: Well, <clears throat> When, uh, when you are inspired to do something and this power moves through you, uh, then it is, one could almost say inevitably, that you will contribute something of great value to this world and to other human beings, and to life on this planet. What could almost say uh, you cannot not contribute something of great value. So you, even if you do not specifically uh, think of helping others, or you may do, but even if you do not specifically think in your endeavor of helping others, whatever it is that, uh, empowers you and manifests through you will be adding value to life on this planet. For example, if you were an artist and you paint paintings, uh, you may not necessarily think, okay, I'm, I'm painting this because I want to help people. No, you're painting this because this is something that wants to happen through you and you cannot you cannot not you have to do it. Uh, you almost have no choice. And so when this moves through you, then then these paintings will add value to many humans who later on will look at them, will, Find in them something that speaks to them, that adds value and depth to their life. Perhaps it's beauty, whatever it is that speaks through the paintings. You will have added something uh, of real value to this life. So when your actions are inspired in that way, inevitably you will help others one way or another, even if the initial impulse was not specifically uh, formulated in that way that you wanted to help people. And so that's basically how it is.
0: Eckhart, I want to thank you so much for answering our questions about conscious manifestation and for creating this new training program. I think it comes at a time when many people are looking at this intersection of being and doing and how to create from presence. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you. Thank you to everybody.
0: Thank you all for listening to this special broadcast of Insights at the Edge with Eckhart Tolle on the topic of conscious manifestation. We've released this to let you know that we have a new online course with Eckhart on the topic. It's called Conscious Manifestation, an eight-week online course to fulfill your highest purpose and create from the fullness of being. The course begins on October 14th, 2019, and you can find out more at Soundstrue.com. Soundstrue.com, waking up the world.